Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to Fly Perbly, a podcast made by two tired guys working day jobs. That's not as good as my old intros used to be. I gotta admit, not not quite up to the same par as you're not uh, on your the game. creativity was. I'm not, not on my on game, your game at not. all. Yeah, but again, you're Let's, not wrong. Got, we are two tired men, and tired men don't tired come up with men. good intros. They don't. They don't come up with stunning intro music like what Zencaster is offering us here. Like. And who knows if I can even, this might end up being more of a pain in the ass for me than I anticipated, but we'll find out. But uh, I'm going to play. So this is, this is the default intro outro music that we're trying Zencaster out tonight. And this is the default intro outro music they have here. Fuck yes. Oh yeah. This is the stuff. Ooh yeah. I feel like I'm going on a very generic spy mission right now. This is a 90s porn song. A little bit. It, it's close to that, yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It, I got, it sounds very commercial jingly, too. Com- it's and like if you mix commercial jingle, the Jaws theme, and a 90s porn soundtrack, and you combined what it a all. combination. That's what that would be. What a what a combination of, of things there. I feel like that's what it would be. I feel wow. like it's yeah, I feel like that's oh, wow. exactly the result. Wow. Yeah, amongst other options here, we've got dramatic piano. It's very dramatic. Yeah, it is. I feel like this I, is I, how I feel like this is how Justin Braun has felt sitting in the press box all year. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brauner. He's just watching TDA out there just getting fucking <laughs> Just owned. getting destroyed by Sebastian Ajo. And then just, Justin Braun's out there just sadly looking into his bottle of water. I could have signed with another team. <laughs> Instead, I'm here in Philadelphia. Yes, he is. Eating a flyer-shaped pretzel. Poor, Poor bastard. Braun. Yeah. That is some dramatic piano there. And then we've got we've got drums, which is a classic. Ooh, I used to wait, have wait, an wait, app wait, on Steve, my phone. Steve, get ready, get ready. Hey, Steve, what did what did the tomato say to the other t- tomato who was slower than him? What what was that, Quigs? Catch up. I, 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 Play it. Uh, <laughs> I used to have an app on my phone that pretty much just played the rim shot sound, and uh, I, I missed that app, but this is reminiscent of that. And then the final option we've got by default here is uh, Ballpark. Go Charge! Fils. Go Phils! Go so, Phils! It's almost baseball season, baby. Last night, I'll tell you what, during this international series, whatever the fuck this thing is called, like... The World Phillies, Baseball Classic. Yeah, Phillies players were going ham. Like... <laughs> Really? Half serious. of Team USA was the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. I mean, l- last night we saw um, Trey Turner hit another homer, and then we saw Schwarber hit a Schwarbaum. Oh, so, a Schwarbaum. Yeah. It's exciting. Big this is an exciting time. I, honestly, like, aside from the stinky, stupid Flyers, 
Philadelphia sports, 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 sports right now are in a very good spot. Like the Sixers rule. The Eagles just went to the Super Bowl. The Phillies just went to the World Series. Like the Union are great. The Union are good. Don't yell at me for forgetting the Union. I yeah, but Splorps, you gotta love them. I love Splorps <laughs> so much. I, I would never yell at you for forgetting the Union. Like I remember the last time we had a, a little BSH get together over at the Pope, the pub on Passyunk East. Uh, I remember I was talking to BSH Emily about just the year in Philly sports. And Emily was getting a, like, get a little like, how can you forget about the union? I'm like, I can forget pretty easily about the soccer team that plays in Chester, but you know, I appreciate them nonetheless. Yeah. Like I appreciate the union and I like, I don't know. Like I just don't follow the MLS at all. And no, like, no. I don't follow, I don't follow soccer. I don't general. either. I'm just, I'm not a soccer guy. I, I, I like soccer in a much smaller scale played on a, a frozen type of uh, venue with a uh, a tiny disc and sticks and fights. I was going to say, what, is that the sport the Flyers play cuz it doesn't look like it very often. But then you brought Not up the, then you often. brought up the fight thing and I was like, okay, there we go. Fight, fight, fight for I, the I can get down with soccer. It's black. just my problem with my problem with soccer is that there are too many leagues. And I wish there, and I know they tried doing the Super League, but like I kind of wish the Super League worked out because I wish like all the best players in the world played in one league instead of all the best all the best players in the world being like randomly dispersed across the world in like seven or eight different leagues. And I'm like, right. that's just hard to keep up with, and I no, I'm not going to do that. That's why I like watching the World Cup so much. In theory, that's what, what the NHL does is the NHL has all your best players in one league yeah. around the world. And, uh, you know, occasionally one of them will defect over to the KHL or something. Yeah. But for the most part, the creme de la creme of hockey talent can be found in the NHL for better or for worse. And often it does feel like it's for worse. And there's one piece of news that's come out this week that certainly, you know, Really grinds my gears as far as the NHL goes. You know, good friend of the show, Gary Bettman. We love Gary, don't we, folks? We love Gary. <laughs> Yet again, another fucking just... Long, tan, the, and handsome. Oh, yeah. Just a very tall man, let me tell you. Just another fucking ace decision from Gary here. Fanatics is going to be the new jersey manufacturer for the NHL starting in 24-25, a deal running for 10 years. A, a, a deal that has been praised by all, beloved by all. Everybody loves Fanatics, never had a bad thing to say. I certainly have never ordered a t-shirt from Fanatics and received it, and it turned out to be a women's t-shirt and smelled of, like, vinegar. So the vinegar thing is actually, a, like, a popular thing, apparently. Like, Ugh. I've gotten some shirts from, like, Etsy and stuff. And I got it in the mail and they had like a little receipt and like on the receipt, there was also like a little notice, like on a little piece of paper that said like, just FYI, it smells like vinegar for this reason. And I can't remember what the reason was. It's like a cleanliness thing, I think. Like yeah. it, I, I think it has to do with, the, I don't know. I have to wash the hell out of it when I get it. I, I'm very sensitive to the smell of vinegar in general. Like I cannot abide the smell of vinegar. It's very strong to me. It, it hurts my senses. I don't enjoy it at all so to receive the shirt smelling of vinegar but also to find out that it was not my size at all was <laughs> very distressing but it turned out it fit emily pretty well so there you go oh nice 
Well, he got yeah. some use out of it, but got some use out of it. That's beside like, the it's, point. Fanatics it's is a trash. Terrible co- it's trash. It's a terrible company. Just t-shirts that fall apart on people. The misprints. I really enjoyed some of the galleries of shame going around with just terrible yeah. NHL gear that people have received from Fanatics. My personal favorite was the Devils Jack Hughes jerseys jersey with different numbers on the sleeves than on the back of the jersey. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I've seen some where like the logo, like the jersey patch is like so blatantly off center. Um, I've seen some where the jersey color is like just totally not that team's jersey color at all. Um, yeah, it's it's just terrible. And like they're they're flimsy little piece of garbage articles of clothing. Maybe. So, so I'll say this. I was listening to I think it was 31 Thoughts or something. Um, and Basically, it sounds like Fanatics also makes the MLB uniforms as well. But for the MLB they make, uniforms, they make they just... the cheaper versions of the MLB uniforms. So uh, Nike. Well, I don't know. Maybe you heard more than I did. Well, I think they they're like the official like uniform partner of MLB. But like they just slap the Nike logo on there. And like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what's going to come of this i don't know how bad the uniforms are going to get but I, I one thing i'll say is like if there's one thing that hockey men are like really serious about it's like oh the jersey is sacred and it must be you know this and that and hopefully if like fanatics ends up being a you know total dumpster fire which is very very possible when they take over the rights um maybe they'll be like hey yeah we need to <laughs> you better step your game up or else it's a 10-year deal. It is so a 10-year deal. But. I, I don't really understand this move at all, except for the fact that the NHL just is such a, a Mickey Mouse organization, just a total shit show. And, like, all the other three big sports leagues are Nike uniforms, you know? like, And then the NHL is just going to slap fanatics on there. And it's a shame because yeah. the NHL hockey does have the best uniforms, the best jerseys. Hockey jerseys are the best. And there are two things about hockey that very few people can deny. The Stanley Cup is the best trophy in sports. Bar none. Stanley Cup, no doubt about it. Nothing even touches it. And then I think hockey jerseys, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, hockey jerseys are the coolest jerseys in all of sports. They, They truly are. When hockey jerseys are great, they're really great. And it, you even think back to like, you know, Snoop wearing them in the 90s and everything, right? Yeah. Like they can be super fucking cool when they're right. And to see the way they have degraded in quality over, I would even say the past like 15 years or so, uh, the, one of the biggest mistakes the NHL ever had was that Reebok deal coming out of the lockout and everything. And you saw the quality go down then. Uh, The Flyers had some of their worst jerseys come out of that. If you recall, the Flyers wore a real bastardized version of their classic 80s, 90s uniforms Mm -hmm. uh, when Reebok first came out with the weird, like, triangular sleeves and everything. They sucked. I hated those jerseys. I hate those jerseys to this day. And every Reebok hockey jersey I've had, with the exception of maybe the winter classic one where they have the lacing and everything. It just feels inferior to everything I had before that fucking a CC. Give me a CCM Jersey, man. CCM made a fucking hell of a Jersey back in the day. And I miss it. Yeah, I do too. Like the CCMs were just, they were classic and I got a bunch of like 
old throwback CCM jerseys from various teams. And um, my God, they just ruled so much. And it's a shame that, you know, they aren't kind of taking over because they specialize in hockey. Like they should be the ones making the uniforms, you know? Um, And instead it's just this half-assed company um, that's famous for poor quality. And also for for making things more generic and ugly. Like if you look at the championship gear that came out when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, the Fanatics threw out there in like 30 seconds, it's truly a cut and paste job. You know, like it is just the most generic shit. And I'm not asking for full on like 90s Looney Tune graphics and shit. You know, like I don't need flames exploding out of the background on my like championship gear. But like. I don't know, at least have some design rather than putting a, a font on and just slapping it together and just looking like I, my first T-shirt. Yeah. And the craziest thing about it is that somehow they've gotten like this monopoly over like the whole like sports apparel industry. Like they they are in charge of like all the jerseys now. And it's like, I don't know how that, I don't know how that happened. It happened out of nowhere. And it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere anytime soon, especially now that they have such a um, integral role with NHL uniforms. So like, it just it just sucks. I wish I'm just going to continue getting throwback uniforms from like um, Mitchell and Ness. Yeah, and well, Mitchell and Ness is part of Fanatics now too, in a way. Like oh they, no, are they really? Yeah, yeah, they sold. Oh, a, I think God. the majority of the company is owned by Fanatics now, and uh, I haven't seen. They finally started rolling back hockey jerseys. They started making hockey jerseys again. Thank God, because yeah. whatever Fanatics has been throwing out there for throwback hockey jerseys is just pretty like bland and boring, and just like everything else they have. So you know, hopefully, like. I have a hexy Mitchell and Ness that sits behind me every show and it's got the tie down in the back. Like that thing is fucking quality. That's a great Jersey. Uh, You know, find stuff on eBay. There's some great stuff out there, but you know, it's always a little dicey. You never know who you're buying from, right? Like there's levels of approved sellers and everything. And you know, sometimes you get a little, we talked vinegar smell. Sometimes you get like a little bit of a a back of the closet smell, like my Claude Giroux Jersey I got, but you know, it's it's a shame because the hockey jersey is one of the potentially coolest jerseys, and this is just like a big blow to it. And I, I, I really fear when they start getting into the designs, which I think is still a few years away before we start to see that, that it's going to water things down and make the hockey jersey more generic. Like, Adidas hasn't been the best. I would say they've been better than Reebok, but... You know, at least like when you get the actual Adidas jersey, there's a little bit of like quality to it, right? But when you get the Fanatics knockoff, that's a hundred dollars cheaper. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, where can you get the straight up re the Adidas jersey? I think you have to like go to a specific section on the Fanatics site or go to I okay. guess the Wells Fargo Center. But yeah, like, but that costs insanely more. So most of the time you just end up buying the cheaper one because it's cheaper and then you get it and you go, what's this garbage? Yeah. But I don't want the designs to suffer like Adidas for all their faults. Like they, they tried with the reverse retro. We've seen differing results. Some of them were very cool. Some of them, not so much. Uh, That was kind of the point of the flyers. Right. But you know, at least there's some effort there and I can't even imagine 
what the unless fanatics completely changes their act in the next five years as far as quality goes and design aesthetic i can't imagine the results of fanatic design nhl jerseys are going to be any good right no i mean i'm hoping that we're pleasantly surprised um maybe because of this they're just like all right we like this is big for us we need to really step our game up and produce an amazing product um my (laughs) i'm not expecting that because they're not a good company, but, and they have like very minimal competition, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll surprise everybody. That would be a very welcome development. I think. Yeah. It would be a welcome development if they surprised us, but we're not, nobody's expecting, I'm not expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I literally just dropped my phone and it happened to fall. <laughs> it was on accident. The, the ballpark button there. And that was a, a happy, a happy surprise. I thought you did it on purpose. And honestly, like it would have been funny that way too. But the fact that it was in an accident and it came like right at the end of this kind of spiel we had is perfect timing. Charge. Charge. Oh my God. Who's that? Uh, who's the guy that, um, is it the fly? Who is the, uh, there's like a radio guy who like whenever someone scores a goal, it's just like, he shoots, he scores. Like I think that. You're, oh, you're thinking of uh, Tim Saunders. Is that who I'm thinking of? Tim Saunders. Yeah, Tim Saunders, a Flyers uh, radio guy. Okay, that's what I thought. Always solid, reliable, doesn't get talked about enough. You know, you get because JJ's there and JJ's a treasure, but Tim Saunders is great. He scores! Like, he scores! Yeah. Tim Saunders and Coatsy make for a raucous good time on the radio. But the thing is, hockey's a tough radio sport. It's not like baseball. Like, yeah, baseball's. No, a fantastic radio sport because there's so much time between pitches for you to paint a picture and you know, like it just lends itself to the medium. Whereas hockey, you got to see the blood and guts and hits and right. And speed like hockey really need to see it. And like even football, like if Merrill Reese, if I'm in the car and I'm hearing Merrill Reese, like I'm not happy that I'm in the car and not watching the game, but Uh I feel like Merrill can do a very sufficient job of painting the picture for me. Yes. I was, yeah, I was just about to say like hockey is such a hard sport. It's so fast paced that it's like almost impossible to paint a picture because it's such a breakneck speed where it's just like, if you're trying to paint a picture to the listeners, you have like two seconds to do it before something dramatically changes in the play. And like, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to listen to it on the radio. It's just a series of names at a certain point. Right. Yeah. It honestly is. <laughs> You're just hearing like, connect me over to Hayes, over to, you know, like over to the wing. Like, yeah. You're just it's like, hearing where's a- Hayes? Where's connect Is they on the half law? Like the half boards, like, like the end board. Where, what's going on I- here? I'll say Timmy Saunders does a fantastic job at painting that picture, but it is a tough job and I do not envy him for it. Yeah. No, I would not want to do that at all. I think I would be good. No, I mean, I would not be good at any play-by-play. But if I could do it for, like, TV, I think I'd be, I'd, maybe I'd be okay. Yeah. During the <laughs> during play, when it comes to, like, actual, like, between whistles, I'd suck. But. That's one of the things that I kind of wish I had maybe focused more on when I was in broadcast school was the, the play-by-play, like, game day aspect because... 
I don't know. I feel like I could have done it if I had the training, but now it's way too far gone for that. And I've enjoyed my attempts at it when I've done like live podcasts at the, like we used to do charity games with Flyers Faithful back in the day. And Hal and I would live podcast, well, live, like we'd record live at the arena where we did it at the skate zone, but we try to do play by play and you can actually hear this. I released an old episode over the weekend from we did the uh, alumni game between the Flyers alumni and the Snyder hockey alumni a few years back and did a little bit of play by play with like Craig and Bill and all that, like, you know, just yeah. dabbled and it's always fun. I, I do enjoy it. I, I think it would have been a, a cool career if I had pursued it, but as with a lot of broadcasting, it takes a lot of dedication, especially to not, like, it's very hard to not move around for your first few jobs if you're in broadcast. And that that was always one of my big drawbacks yeah. and one of my big reservations was I didn't really want to do the whole, like, moving around from little town to little town kind of thing. Yeah, and that's something I had to kind of, like, really bite the bullet on. Like, I wasn't quite ready to move like when i when i first started covering the golden knights i was like oh, i'm having a lot of fun doing this remotely um but i feel like i should be in las vegas and so i was like ah all right here we go i'm moving to las vegas and so i lived out there for a couple of years or almost a couple of years um and now i'm back in richmond but i'm it, i'm getting to the same point now where it's just like i gotta be in philly and it's uh, at this point it's only a matter of time before i live in philadelphia and i feel like a lot of people on twitter think i do <laughs> live in philly and like I live when you in, cover the Flyers, that's a big assumption that people make. Yeah, you would think. You would think I'd live in Philadelphia, especially with me <laughs> driving up to Philadelphia like at least a couple times a like couple times a month sometimes. That ain't an easy drive from Richmond. No, it's not great, but it's actually not horrible once if it's like early in the morning or late at night. It's really not that bad. Um not fun though at all. Like after a while you run out of music to listen to. <laughs> and it sucks but yeah hopefully hopefully within the next uh year year and a half i'll be in philadelphia living there full oh, time that's there you go. that's my goal because i'm trying to trying to produce some tent everybody i'm trying to uh trying to make this a full-time thing we'll see what happens well you know with uh how the blog is going right now there's lots of opportunity for tent and i know we are going to be doubling down on the efforts like well not necessarily doubling down on the podcast end i think we're just going to keep uh with the yeah. steady pace we've always kept with the podcast end but as far as you know the writing efforts on the blog due to the the new subscription-based system that we're moving to you know we really want to show give people their their money's worth with this so you know bsh the writers are definitely going to be dedicating themselves to putting out quality stuff now mind you i won't be writing any of that because i'm a terrible writer and nobody needs that in their lives i think you could write something good steve yeah one of these days yeah one of these days i feel I'm like okay you writer. no i feel like you're a pretty great writer I feel like you, <laughs> I feel like you could be for the New York Times or oh oh the New York Times oh yeah okay so. okay maybe not the New York Times the New York Post <laughs> there you go okay that I will say so I talked about sports broadcasting as a you know a dream job of mine at some point but my one of my ideal jobs would just be to come up with just outrageous back page headlines for the New York oh. Post like a real tabloid like shitty headline oh. I love a good shitty headline. They're so funny because like 
that like that's literally people's entire point like in their careers to like come up with those dumb things and sometimes they're intentionally dumb and sometimes they're just they're so bad that like like they put effort into it and they're still terrible and it's just it's funny every time i think the one when the mets closer got hurt in the world baseball classic edwin diaz i think the headline on the new york post was uh diaz aster or something like that <laughs> that's good oh. It's good. What was the one when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? It was just like underdogs, wasn't it? That might have been the Philadelphia Daily News back headline. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, but yeah I, not I for New York Times. It was for like the Philadelphia one. I want to know. the. I forget what the one was when the Empire State Building lit up green after the Eagles went to the Super oh. Bowl. But that was good. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what that would be. I'm sure it'd be hilarious. Uh, I remember and I remember laughing at it because I thought it was hysterical but i see it i can't seem to find it i'm gonna i'm looking right now through my stuff to see if i can uh i can find it but i have apparently i have a lot of text messages involving the world the word post (laughs) who knew huh well i mean it's like hey did you see that post on twitter or whatever yes apparently that's what a lot of my stuff is uh empire state building let's see if we can find this Images. Okay. It was bird brains. Off-color empire mistake building. <laughs> lights up for eagles. Oh, that's so fucking bad. Bird brains. Pl- p- do something from the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Oh, this is terrible. Because... I'm definitely going to have to get the sad trombone in there at some point. And, no, I'm thinking more like. Wah, wah, oh, wah. oh, so that was one of on the app I used to have with the rim shot. It also had the sad trombone noise. It was great. Oh, nice. Oh, it was yeah, a great app. You gotta it it had three functions. <laughs> it was it was one of those very early iPhone apps where just the design was terrible. It was literally a big red button and I loved it. I miss it every day. Oh, you got to get the air horn on there, too. There used to be an... Uh, or Kelly's going to log on to this and go, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. There was a... I think there might still... It might... I'm sure it still exists. There was an app I used to have called the ham horn. And it was... All it was is you just press a button on your screen. And it just makes the ham... Like the air horn noise. And I would just like do it for like five straight minutes and everyone around me wanted to just murder me with a sword. (laughs) I'm just remembering old apps now because you remember how stupid apps used to be when we first got smartphones? Like they had ones like, look, I'm drinking a beer. Oh, look, it's a lighter. Oh, that one was so terrible. Yeah, that was a horrible So bad. Um, What else? Remember Temple Run? Temple Run was a big one. I never really got into Fruit Ninja was a big one. Uh, Flappy Bird. I never played Flappy Bird. I never played any of these. <laughs> Temple Run. I So b- back then I was in like late high school, early college. And like um, I would be like on break at my grocery store job. And I'd just be like sitting there eating my popcorn chicken. <laughs> and The I dream just right be, there. The dream. The dream. And I would just be playing like Temple Run or Fruit Ninja while I was bored. And it was fun. It was I, I enjoyed it at the time. But now that I'm... Um, a sophisticated gentleman. Oh, is that what you're calling yourself? 
Yes. <laughs> I've grown out of those games. <laughs> now I've gra- I've graduated to the uh, app version of Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Which is great, by the way, just so you all know. Roller Coaster Tycoon. The, the app version. It's on any. It's on. It's in the App Store. You can, you can find get it in the App Store. Or any possible. I pretty much these days. I play. I have my series of New York Times word puzzles I play every day. The Wordle, the Spelling Bee, the Mini Crossword. I am a, a word puzzle fiend. Uh-huh. I've got I've played two dots for years now because it's it's nice like a nice simple, you know, quick puzzle game. And then I've been playing I've been playing Marvel Snap lately, which is uh, a little bit addictive and I probably you know, I'm probably getting my ass beat by like 15 year old you know korean teenagers and oh, it's yeah. it's a it's a good time right there let me tell you it sounds like fun i would enjoy that yeah but uh yeah i used to uh i used to so there's this roller coaster i made on roller coaster tycoon recently it's a wooden roller coaster steve it's called grizzly grizzly and it's like it's got like like 10 out of 10 stars so I think we discover what your dream job is because I, I, I talked about, you know, the sports bo- broadcasting, the headline making, you know, I've always wanted to be Jay Jonas and Amos and going Spider-Man pictures, give me <laughs> menace, you know, but apparently your dream job, at least what I'm hearing here is being a roller coaster tycoon, making roller coasters for Six Flags and Dorney Park and such. Absolutely, Steve. Not even a second thought. No, the dream job the dream job is still for some insane reason to cover this insane hectic sport, but like full time. But you know what it was before this? Like before I even got into sports writing, my dream job was when I was really young, I wanted to be a video game de- like person, like a video game designer. Then after that, I wanted to be a marine biologist for years, which I'm sure to our listeners is not a shock at all given my obsession with killer whales. Yes, you love the whales. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> marine biologist huh costanza yeah and the funny thing is is i was like i'm gonna be a marine biologist one day and i told that's like my science teacher and she's like you have a c minus <laughs> like you're not even good at this <laughs> see this is where i need the because yeah. that's that is a real sad trombone moment for it you right sad. there you have a c minus yeah c minus in science it was like earth science it was easy it was c minus earth science you failed at rocks for jocks yeah, i sure did that Although, was my o- go-to. oceanography i was great i was really good in ocean okay class. so i mean maybe that's all you need right there you know yeah uh, rocks for jocks that was my my go-to college science right there i took like two or three geology classes because i went to somebody and i said what is a science i can take that does not involve math because i am terrible at math yeah i did uh I guess my only really cool elective in college was I took a history of rock and roll class oh, wow. and that was actually a lot of fun. The, um, the professor was Australian and on the first day of class, he took out a pair of squirrel testicles and he showed it to the class. I, we've definitely talked about this. I think we did. Yeah. Did, did I bring up the squirrel nut zippers? The Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, weird, weird guy, but he was cool. He thought I was really cool because I knew all the punk bands when we got to the punk section. There you go. And like, we talked about punk and 
that was cool i guess the, so. the history of rock and roll just sounds like such a fake class to me where like i don't know if you've ever watched community but on community they have a, a big rush to get into the the history of ice cream class <laughs> i haven't seen that yeah that's, that's what so the history of rock and roll reminds me of the history of ice cream so the newest Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Um, I remember Brought him home. at long last. Yeah, finally, he's home. He's kind of the Shea Weber of the Eagles, except not nearly as good. Except he's actually playing, going to play for the Eagles. And well, and also he's going to be a backup and also he stinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But aside from all that, he's just like Shea Weber. <laughs> he's like half the size of Shea Weber. Yeah. I remember um, right. It was like his last year in college. And I re- at the time, I was obsessed with Marcus Mariota because I was like, oh, my God, we got to get him. He'll be perfect in Chip Kelly's offense. And I remember <laughs> I remember just like learning everything about him. And like he was taking two classes at Oregon before going into the NFL draft. Yoga and golf. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> could you imagine? Be- could you- just imagine being Marcus Mo- Mariota. And your two classes are yoga and golf. Like fantastic. Are you shitting me? He had the life at that point in his like he was a superstar. Everyone loved him. And he had the least stressful schedule possible. There are guys like that, like Mariota, like Tim Tebow, like uh, Matt Leinert, who just don't want to leave college because they right. know how good like the, the Van Wilders of college athletes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And like, honestly, who can blame him? Like I would stick around for a little bit. Like some of these, some of these, some of these, uh, hockey players like playing collegiately and they're just kind of sticking around and they want to return. Like, I don't blame them at all. Like Owen power, when he returned to Michigan, he probably, he might've been able to come into the NHL after getting drafted, but he was like, nah, I'm going to do another year at Michigan and just not give a fuck at all. And, um, I shouldn't say that. Maybe he actually tried in school, but I feel like the odds of that are very low. Powanoer probably... over there, man. Powanoer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, man. All right, Steve. Shall we uh, start talking about the team that we cover? I suppose we should talk <laughs> about the team that we cover. And, you know, you're talking about your dreams of being a sports writer. And what you should be aiming for <laughs> is to write something as eloquent as as this Marcus Hayes piece from the other day. I will say, for Marcus Hayes, this is maybe one of the best ones I've ever seen from him. Where it was something. It was something. And this is like, I wouldn't quite call this a taking it to the beats, but I am going to sing it anyway. Taking it to the beats. Because we're going to break this down, but Marcus Hayes had quite a piece the other day. Like It's a weird world where I am agreeing with Marcus Hayes on stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was reading it, and I was just like, damn, he's got a point. He's, he's got, got another point. point. <laughs> like, he point. just, he was kind of spitting in this article, to be honest with you. Marcus Hayes writes, like, two Flyers pieces a year, maybe one a year. He hasn't watched the team all year. He doesn't fucking know, right? And Marcus <laughs> Hayes just comes in spewing hot fire about something that he doesn't know anything about, and we usually roll our eyes and move on, right? But this time, Marcus Hayes came in, he was all over it. He knew his shit, so... The big headline here is that the senior advisors who we've talked a lot about in recent weeks for the Flyers. What are they uh, called? What are they? uh... Oh, so what Marcus Hayes refers to them as is the three wise men. 
in this article. The, what is that? Snap, uh, snap crackle, pop, <laughs> blossom, bubbles, and buttercup. I believe uh, Mo, Larry, and Curly. Siegfried, Roy, and the White Tiger, or Shemp, if you will. What's another good trio of people? Three Musketeers. Yeah, but like, what? 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 Did they have names? The Three Musketeers. They did, but uh, who knows? There's no way to find out. There's yeah. just simply no way to look that information up. There's no way to Google that. None. None at all. But regardless, the three wise men is how Marcus Hayes decided to refer to the Flyer Senior Advisors. We're talking, of course, about Paul Holmgren, Bobby Clark, and... Billiam Barber. Thank you very much. I was blanking on a Flyers legend there, and <laughs> sorry, not sorry on that. I'm tired of shit. I did not sleep well last night. We're getting through this, though. So... <clears throat> I'm going to read some select passages from the Marcus Hayes piece here. Uh, Dramatic reading. Maybe somewhat dramatic reading here. For five decades, the Flyers have been stuck in a toxic trap of nostalgia. They've been held hostage to three wise men, legends as players, who now sit in secluded offices, operating without accountability, peddling favors and favoritism to connections, who see the game through the same modeled last century lenses as they still see it. Last week, after 45 years of institutional nepotism, the Flyers had a chance to turn the page. The drama in the first two paragraphs of this piece is chef's kiss beautiful. It's good. It's good, let me tell you. And he goes on to say, The sports wing a parent company, Comcast Spectacore, had a chance to ignore the three wise men, Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, and Bill Barber, all former players and front office executives, now ensconced as senior advisors, along with latecomer and outsider Dean Lombardi. CEO Dave Scott had a chance to fire general manager Chuck Fletcher and promote someone from outside the Flyers' inbred bloodlines, ideally someone who would deviate from the incestuous progressions that ruined a once-proud Hockey club. Ooh, going Damn. for the throat on this one, Marcus. Let me tell Damn. you. Damn. Yeah, Let he me did. Tell you. He did. I'm impressed. But it's it, he's not wrong. He's not wrong about any of it. Like I am in total agreement with Marcus Hayes on this one. And uh, so the big headline here is essentially that the senior advisors who we've talked about pulling the strings behind the scenes, having too much say, had no say in this decision to promote Danny Briere and fire Chuck Fletcher. We've talked before about how Chuck Fletcher is a very popular guy with the Flyers crowd, right? With the the senior advisors and everything. They really like him. And from all accounts, Chuck Fletcher, nice guy in the world, right? But nice guy yeah. does not equal good GM necessarily. But just going back to the decision here, apparently this is not the decision they would have made. That's what the reporting from Hayes is here. I know Charlie's also mentioned this news as well. So, you know, this is actually good news for us if this is the case, that they didn't want this because what they've wanted over the past few years has been disastrous for this hockey club. Yeah. And how about this face turn from Dave Scott? Everyone was just like, oh, Dave Scott, he's not a hockey man. He doesn't even care about the team, this, that, and the other. And then he turns around and he says, hey, guys, watch this. And he just, he just fires Chuck Fletcher and Bill Barber. Bill Barber, uh, how now I'm blanking on what the hell? Bill, Paul Holmgren, Bill, Bill Barber, yeah, Bob, Bob Clark, Bill Barber. Uh, I, 
I was getting Bill, Barber, and the Bob Mountain, mixed up because too Sir many Gregor Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, and Bill Cersei Barber Lannister. are all sitting there. They're all. I just imagine them like shell shocked, like shitting their pants, finding out, and it's just like Roro so, Raggy. That's such a funny like image to me in my head, um, and the fact that Dave Scott did it. It's just like, damn, Dave. I see you. I see what you're doing. I see you, Dave. I if Dave Scott did make this ballsy move, that would be great. And there's been some reports that Dave Scott might step down this summer. So maybe this is just his like, let's just clear the decks kind of move right there. But, you know, regardless, if he did actually make this move, I admire it. And that is a step in the right direction for the Philadelphia Flyers here who have desperately needed something like this to happen. So bravo, if that is the case. Uh, So let's go on with a little bit more. Uh, so basically, you know, he's he mentioned that they wasted Drew's career, only one playoff series in the past decade. Uh, and then, you know, he also talks about how, like, Danny Breer is a little bit more numbers-minded in a way that these guys aren't. And that's very reassuring to me to hear that kind of news because I desperately need somebody who is looking at hockey in a modern way. And I don't need somebody who's a total nerd. Shut up, nerds. But you know what? At least half a nerd be real fucking nice. Yeah, really. I would love a nerd. You need some love nerds nerd. up in here. Yeah, get all the nerds in here, frankly. I, I will. It's working for Carolina. Uh, no offense to Dr. T, who's a lovely person. Lovely person. I love Dr. T. But give me the nerds. Dude, all of them. I'm telling you. this is It's 2023. Nerds are in right now. Nerds have been in for years, and let's keep embracing that instead of these, like, 70-year-old hockey men. So let's let's get to the conclusion of Marcus Hayes' piece here. All along, the three wise men sat, secluded and untouchable, and watched their whims be met. No more! The three wise men, they are like Russian war heroes. They will always be respected. They will always be revered. They have acted in good faith, and they have given their wisdom, their souls, their lives to the betterment of a hockey team in a hockey town. But even heroes have their flaws. Even heroes fade away. We saw proof of that in Infinity War. There you go. We've seen them fade away with a, just a snap. And just a snap, Chuck Fletcher has faded away from our vision here but you know marcus hayes for all the drama in the piece i i did enjoy the drama i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed it, it a lot good. but this is a great news for us as flyers fans if these guys had no say in the decision we need to clean house we need to move forward we need new direction and we need clear direction with this team you know we can't have so many cooks in the kitchen we we need people who are thinking about this team for tomorrow. And I, I like a lot of the stuff Briere has said early on embracing what Sam Carcini would call the R word. Jesus. I still oh, can't boy. believe that. Yeah, I that still can't believe that. But rebuild. He is saying rebuild. He's saying what we need to hear. Danny Briere seems to get it. He seems to understand that this club is not anywhere where anywhere near it needs to be and needs to change its ways for modern hockey in a salary cap era. Yes. Yes, I agree. And um, everything he's been saying recently has been uh, has told me two things. One, um, he is very on board with making some different doing things very differently 
from how the Flyers have been doing things over the last decade plus. And two, the way he's been talking, he's going to get this GM job. Like, he is playing, like, I know, like, your job is to just treat the interim position as if you're going to be the long-term answer. But, like, it sure feels like he's talking like this is going to be his gig. They've been I setting be, him I will up be, for this job. Yeah, I will be absolutely stunned if Danny Briere isn't the full-time GM of the Flyers. If he is not named the full-time GM of the Flyers. He, they've been setting him up for this job for a few years now. Because I, I think this was also mentioned in that Marcus Hayes article that they sent him to Wharton, you know. He worked with the team in Maine. Like, he's... They have been preparing him for this job for a few years now. And it is his time to take it over. And I, again, it's just a little thing, but I love what he did with Travis Konechny reviewing the tape last year, showing him flaws in his game and Konechny used it to get better. The interesting question moving forward, and I think a lot of people have been asking this lately and they'll be asking it more and more, is how is Briere, if he does get this job, going to work with John Tortorella and his vision for the team? Because... Tortorella, from all indications, seems to kind of be the the three wise men's choice over there. And Tortorella, you know, even though he has some newer school ideas, like his you know thoughts on practice and such, he is more of an old school an old school guy. Doesn't really the numbers and everything. And we've talked a lot about Torts's guys on the team, and how does that work with Briere's vision? in reworking this team for the future. So I'm honestly not that worried about that because I do feel like people kind of go a little overboard when they say Tortorella is just like stuck in his old ways as a hockey man. Like Tortorella, I think is, especially this year, I think he's actually been pretty, he showed some encouraging signs in terms of like working with the young guys and like being more of like a progressive coach, Um, you know, all of a sudden, everyone thought he was going to hate Konechny. And Konechny is possibly his favorite player on the entire team. He loves Owen Tippett. The way he talks about Owen Tippett, he can't get enough of the guy. The way he's been talking about um, Tyson Forster has blown me away. Like, it's just, he's doing so well with these young kids um, who have skill. And I feel like so many, a lot of Flyers fans, or maybe not, really just hockey fans in general, a lot of fans think that Torres has this whole thing of like defense, 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 offense, forget about it. You have to play defense to win championships, this, that, and the other. And like, yes, he wants everyone to put in effort defensively and to be at least competent defensively, but in no way is he a kind of coach he's tr- who's trying to just destroy all offense. Um, I think, I mean, we've heard him talk multiple times about Cam York, how he wants him to be more aggressive. And he said it about Sanheim too. He wants them to be more aggressive offensively. And I think that's a positive sign um, for Torts in terms of uh, whether he's progressive or not, or whether he's a hockey man or not. I think the, I think he could work very, very well with um, Danny Briere's GM. Well, I guess we're going to see. It's, it's one of the more intriguing questions. I mean, given... Well, you always say this, oh, given the big contract you just got, there's no way they're releasing him anytime soon, but you know, you never know. And I, I guess the thing is, like, if they are going to move forward with the GM 
actually having the say as the GM. You know, I guess I just don't, I want certain guys gone from this team. And I worry about if they're necessarily torts guys or not. Like, I don't think Tony D'Angelo, even for all my opinions on him as like a, a person and all that, as far as a hockey player go, like, I don't think he's a good player, the type of player to embrace for this club long term. And he's a guy that John Tortorella has come out and defended a lot this year for his attitude on the ice and everything. And... I would really hope that they're they they're not going to embrace guys like that moving forward because he's just he's a disaster defensively. I I just he's just and this you know Brendan Lemieux is already getting some ice time. I just worry about like these guys that aren't that good. And I, hopefully again, this is the start of a new era. I like a lot of what's being said, but I'm still very fearful. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's I understand the the you know kind of the fear that a lot of fans have but um john tortorella said it himself in one of his recent pressers like changes are coming there are going to be subtractions he he uh, he said flat out like i'm already getting i already have an idea of who the flyers like next core pieces are who the young guys are that are going to stick around here and one would have to imagine that would be owen tippett noah cates um uh, Cam York. Uh, Bill Meltzer but would like you to talk about Morgan Frost a little bit. Morgan Frost, perhaps. We'll see. <laughs> I'd like if Morgan Frost is part of it. Maybe. Uh, but no, Tippett's definitely a big part of it. And so you brought up Forrester a few minutes ago. And Forrester's had his first couple NHL games, his first cup of coffee in the league. And what he have you thought good. about Tyson so far? He looks... the thi- And I think Kurt tweeted this actually not long ago, a few days ago. Um, the thing that surprised me about Tyson Forster is how, like, I just thought, I just assumed him coming up that he was going to look really, really good in the offensive zone. That was it. And he has been good everywhere. Like he's been good at distributing the puck, uh, generating offense. He's been good at, um, helping pressure opposing attackers and, uh, shutting down defensive chances, blocking shots. Like he's He's made a couple game like goal saving shots, um, or uh, goals goal saving blocks rather, um, since he came up. And like, I'm really impressed with him. And Torts can't get enough of him. He said it flat out in his last presser after uh, last night's, um, or or over the Flyers after the Flyers win over Florida. So like, it's just it, it's impressive what I'm seeing from him. And granted, I mean, he I still think. I don't think you should finish the season with the Flyers because they're not playing meaningful games. Um, and I, it, Torres said it himself. It sounds like this weekend, um, Forrester is going to go back down and play actual meaningful hockey with the Phantoms where he's been great all year. And I mean, there's really not much else to say. I think he's been really, really good. And I think there's a lot to be excited about with him. Good. I mean, I like what I've seen so far. And, uh, you know, he, he fell down a little bit. I was kind of thinking about doing a Forrester down, Hartnell down kind of hashtag there. <laughs> fell down a couple times. But yeah. the skating's a thing he's worked on. And he gets back up quick enough and he is in the play. And the thing is, he, he looks like he belongs. And he's one of the few guys that I'm really 
excited to look forward to for the Flyers moving forward. Like, if I'm thinking about next year's Flyers, you know, I'm thinking about Tippett, I'm thinking about Forrester. Those are two of the biggest names. And York, I think, is one of the other big names I'm thinking about, like, yeah. next year. York at this point is, he's an every-night defenseman, I feel like. Oh, for sure. York was one of those guys, if you are going to talk about Torts's ways working, he said he wasn't ready at the beginning of the season. They sent him down to the Phantoms. He did his time with the Phantoms, came up and secured his roster spot. Like he went down and proved his game because he wasn't good enough in preseason. He, he simply wasn't. And he went down and proved himself and he's been here to stay and he's made himself a, a staple of the lineup. Right. Yeah. One thing I want to say about Morgan Frost, um, believe it or not, since uh, when was Since December 11th, only one player on the Flyers has more points than Morgan Frost. And that's Travis Konechny. I mean, I think he's... So he's been been turning it on. He's been turning it on. It was a horrible start to the year. It was. Yeah. I think he's settled. I think he's figured out at least some of his game. And that's an encouraging sign. Like, you just want to see... Morgan Frost is one of those guys you were worried coming into the season... Wouldn't find any role in the team. It was just a lost cause. And we've seen some lost causes around here. You know, the, let's think about the germ, right? The germ. German Rubstoff. Yes, I almost called him Ruben Germstoff. German Rubstoff. And he just wasn't ready. He just wasn't an NHL player. He just simply wasn't. And you worried about that with Frost, but Frost has... Not consistently put himself up there, but he has definitely had more of the effort than you expected and more of the skill. Uh, he's he's given you enough that I want to see what he can continue to produce in the NHL moving forward. Yeah, I think um, he's definitely taken some big steps forward this year. I think he still has a lot of work to do, and I think Torts would probably agree. Um, I don't think Frost is one of his favorites yet, um, but... You got to like what you're seeing. You're seeing some points, you know, come from Frost pretty much regularly now. And, um, you know, if he keeps it going, I mean, what can you say? I mean, you got to, you have to like what he's been doing offensively recently. Um, He's the thing with him is he's, it's not like he's invisible anymore at the beginning of the season. Like he was a waste of space on the ice whenever he was out there. Now he's actually doing stuff. That's good. And that's, obviously a huge step in the right direction for him. So I don't know if this is, if he'll continue playing this way next season, if he'll get better, if he'll regress, I have no idea, but you have to like what you're seeing from him right now. Um, I mean, just that stat, like since December 11th was a while ago and no one, no flyer, been a while, no flyer has more points than him other than connecting. And that's just, I think that's really impressive. So um, yeah, I think he's proving a lot of people wrong, including myself. Although he still has, like I said before, he's still got plenty of work to, to do. Well, hell, if you want to look at one stat line from last night that shows you what potential future of the Flyers looks like, last goal of the night, Morgan Frost assisted by Tyson Forrester. It was an empty netter, but, you know, you like to see that stat line there. And, you know, Forrester had himself, a, you know, a couple points last night. Travis Sanheim getting on the board and... Uh, Igor Zamula, two assists. Despite the fact that you want the tank, you want the Flyers to 
lose as many games and get as many lottery balls as possible. You know, you like to see the young guys getting out there and doing what they did last night. Like they had no business beating the Panthers in that game and they whooped their butts. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Like every once in a while, it's good to see a win. Um, And I understand, like, I want the Flyers to get Connor Bedard as much as anybody. I think covering him would be a blast. Um, That would be a dream if the Flyers had someone as good as Connor Bedard on the roster. But um, still, it's, I mean, they're not going to lose every single game. Um, And I think... I don't think fans fans say they want them to lose every single game. I don't think they actually want that. I, I, I do. don't think. I'm not kidding. I, don't I think, do. I, 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 don't I, th- I don't want the young guys like totally demoralized, but like I really do want them to lose every game. And I actually well, that's the get thing. That's what happens if you lose every game is the young guys get demoralized. And I know. What happens when they play really well? Like you want to see the young guys play really well. And when they do, they deserve a win. So every once in a while, a win is, is a good thing. A little treat for the bus driver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do a little check-in on Frank the Tank over here and see how things are going. So the Flyers are in a dogfight right now for the bottom five. I'd really like bottom five. Bottom five, you get some a good amount of lottery balls if you're in the bottom five, okay? And even if you don't necessarily hit the Connor Bedard lottery or the Fantilli lottery, there's still, as we were saying last week, some great players available. But I pulled up some of the odds for this, so... If you're the worst team, you have a 25.5% chance at first. The second worst team has a 13.5% chance at the first pick. Third worst, 11.5. Fourth, 9.5. Fifth, 8.5. Sixth, 7.5. Seventh, 6.5. Eighth, 6.0. So I would think the Flyers, they're not quite guaranteed, but right now it's looking pretty good for finishing in the bottom eight. And they're oh, in yeah. the bottom six currently. But they're down there with the Coyotes. So the Arizona Coyotes have 65 points in 71 games played. The Flyers have 64 points in 70 games played. And the Montreal Canadiens have 62 points in 71 games played. So it's real tight in the standings right there, right now. And, I mean, you don't know where the Flyers are going to finish. But I guess the, the encouraging thing is you're talking about like 1% difference right between these different places so if you just finish in the bottom six or seven you know it's not going to make a a huge difference if you finish like fourth worst or seventh worst you know you're talking a three percent difference right like you want as many lottery balls as possible but just get in the bottom like six or seven and you got a shot at bedard for what it's worth, Steve, I just went on to take a tankathon and simulated the draft lottery. Guess who got the first overall pick? Chicago. Chicago. Fuck no. Chicago. Fuck no. I, I It's going to be either Chicago or Arizona, I'm convinced. Arizona would be a disaster for the league. An absolute I kind of I kind of want him to go to Arizona because <sighs> You got to you got to move that franchise. He could make the Coyotes good. what playing in front of 5,000 people yeah they're not gonna be there forever you don't know that it's gonna have a new arena they're planning a new arena right now why who's gonna show up the same six people so the theory is that give up problem the problem is that their um their arena gila gia river arena or whatever um that was in glendale where it like 
Glendale's kind of out of the beaten path. Like, it's really not that, like, it's pretty far away from, like, the actual happening part of Phoenix. Um, and they want to put um, the new arena in Tempe, which is, like, right in the middle of everything. But you can't put it in Phoenix. Well, Tempe is, I think that's, it's basically Phoenix. So oh. it's kind of like how Scottsdale is like, it's its own. I don't know anything. You're talking to me about Arizona. I don't know anything about Arizona. Yeah. You're talking. <laughs> this means nothing to me, my friend. Yeah. Well, T- Tempe um, and Scottsdale are like both basically Phoenix. But they're not Phoenix. No, but I mean, they're, it's all part of the big sprawling metropolitan Phoenix area. I'm going to fucking pile of bullshit Garrett. phoenix is one of the is like one of the fastest growing cities in the entire country yeah because it cheats by including a bunch of bullshit around it's not an actual organized city i it's a series I, of i don't suburbs. know what information you're talking about but it's it's a very it's a growing population there in, in that it's a growing population Arizona. but it's not like one city it's just like a bunch of fucking like suburbs and shit that you're talking about here it doesn't sound like a city I, I don't know. Phoenix don't is know bullshit, whole, my friend. It's bullshit. I don't know how the town works. You hate Arizona. I hate Arizona. Holy shit. I what hate Arizona. Fuck? It's full of scorpions and melting trash cans. And get the coyotes <laughs> out of there. They stink. Nobody wants it. You've never been to Arizona, I reckon, right? No, and I'm never going. It's a great. It's, it's so not. awesome. It's so what? sweet. Awesome. Sweet. It's awesome. What's awesome about Arizona? Wait, so when you just said awesome and sweet, it just reminded me of the scene from Dude, Where's My Car? Where it's like, dude, what's my tattoo say? Sweet, what does mine say? Oh, my God. Dude. What's... Dude, it's it's beautiful. Like, there's gorgeous hiking. Have you ever seen pictures of Sedona? Sure. Sedona, Arizona is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I'm not going. I don't care. It's gorgeous. I don't care. <laughs> I have other places I could be. I don't it's care. so awesome. Oh, great. How many scorpions are there? I didn't see any. Mm-hmm. Saw some coyotes though. That's pretty cool. Did you see? Which the, makes sense. The coyotes, the the hockey not team? the hockey team. Like just that's the problem. An actual actual coyote. That's the problem. Nobody goes to see the coyotes, the hockey team. <laughs> I could. I would be. I think it's a disaster if Cotter Bedard ends up with the coyotes. I, I, Why? Why would it be? It's a, a lost cause. It's a lost How? cause. It's never gonna work. It hasn't How worked he... in 20 years. Wayne Gretzky made hockey a thing in Los Angeles. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Why, couldn't Con... Why wouldn't Connor Bedard make hockey a thing Because in they've been trying to make it work for over 20 years, and it hasn't worked. Yeah, but they've never had anyone like Connor Bedard. Oh the best God. player in franchise history is Shane Doan, who, like, don't get me wrong, really good player. You think they're going like... to magically transform into, like, a competent organization? Like, I'm worried it's going to end up like Connor McDavid, where you have the greatest player in the game playing for a team nobody gives a shit about that does nothing in the playoffs. But we don't we don't know that that is going to... Who knows what could happen with the with the Oilers? Like now that they have McDavid and Drysidel, like they could win. The They've cup had McDavid like and Drysidel for years. Yeah, but like the only the only encouraging just because they haven't won a cup immediately doesn't mean they're not going to win immediately. It's been years. Okay, but the only encouraging thing I'll give them this year is they got Ekholm. Ekholm, Matthias Ekholm yeah. was a great pickup. I I love that for them. But like, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I'm just saying. I, I, I'm just saying, Arizona, if they get Bedard, they got some really, really, really good young talent there. Like, sure. really good. But Logan Cooley's legit. Who's watching that team? I, I would know. gladly watch Arizona. But you don't. If they, you're not Connor in Bedard, there. Logan Cooley. You got, like, who in the desert is watching that team? I just, I don't. I don't I, I I don't see how it's gonna work. Okay, I don't Connor want to Bedard. Go. I can guarantee. I can guarantee you the the paying customers right, will look, come. Ten if year Connor bet Bedard shows right up. here. Ten year bet. Remember what happened when uh, Sidney Crosby showed up? Pittsburgh was a hockey town. Yeah, they almost got moved to Kansas City. But Pittsburgh was a hockey town. They were pathetic for years. They almost got moved to Kansas City. But Pittsburgh is historically yeah. a, a hockey town. It's just a small town. I agree, but. Nashville didn't used to be thought of as a hockey town, and now it's Na- well, absolutely. Nashville had some good work. It didn't have Connor Bedard. They had good franchise work there. Right. They did a great but, job. But but just, Nashville's just worked. They did it- Nashville came in at the same time as Arizona, and they've worked. They made it work. Arizona's right. been given every opportunity. They've been given every resource. Gary Bettman's basically seen to it personally, and it has never worked. It's a pathetic. It's just like one of the most embarrassing things about the NHL are the Arizona Coyotes. Arizona has never won the draft lottery. Ever. It doesn't, but Nashville never won it. No, but like, that's the thing. Like, like Nashville did it differently, but like, that doesn't mean that it couldn't, that the fly, the flyers, that the Coyotes current path couldn't end up working as well. Oh my God. They have like, and you are like, a much yeah, more optimistic person than me. You can say, all right, you I, can say that the Coyotes have been like given so many opportunities. They really haven't. They yes, haven't they won have. the lottery. Who cares? That's not enough. That's not being given an opportunity. The lottery is supposed to be a lottery, right? But but it's not yeah. about the lottery. They just are yeah. a mess. They've always been a mess. They had Keith Kachuk back in the day. Keith Chuck, Mister. What's the sound of the puck hitting the back of the net? <laughs> Kachuk. Kachuk. <laughs> Keith Kachuk was a blast back in the day, okay? Like, they've made the playoffs. They have never generated interest on a regular basis. They have some of the funkiest, best jerseys in the game. Love the Coyotes jersey. I'm so close to getting one. The Kachina's fantastic. I had one back in the day. Loved it. Always loved the Coyotes jerseys. Great aesthetic. I... You, this has woken me up, actually. Somehow arguing about the coyotes. The coyotes of I'm all doing, teams. Like politician, like hand gestures right now, talking into my microphone because I'm so like wound up about how much I think this franchise is a pathetic embarrassment to the NHL. So you hate the coyotes win. as much as I hate the Blue Jackets. I because the Blue Jackets are no, useless. No, not yeah, I do think they're useless. I hate the coyotes for just. No being this reason. just sad sack organization that they're just like this pitiful side of the NHL that is just a joke. I mean, again, wouldn't you like to see them turn it around? No, I don't care. I'm done with them. <laughs> I want them gone. And I want Chicago eliminated too. Fuck that fucking organization. Oh, they're going to relocate Chicago. No, I, I, I don't want them relocated. Franchise. I want them dissolved. Fuck Chicago. Oh, I so love the city. Lovely city. Fuck the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, no, they're a disgrace to the league just for no, a number of reasons. And then they also... I, I think Columbus is a bigger disgrace to the league. But Columbus, if, if Connor Bedard, Columbus if Connor actually Bedard isn't a disgrace to the league. Columbus is fine. They're just in like such a ridiculously small who gives a shit market. I can't stand that team. 
I, I've I never hate... been to Ohio. I've never been to Columbus. I can't stand those either of those places. I mean, if Connor like, Bedard but, gets drafted by the Blue Jackets, but I will. You don't have jump a problem a with the actual team, though. You have a problem with the place, Columbus, Ohio. You don't have a problem with the way, like the team actually. Oh, the team too. I don't like the team, but like the team has a good relationship with the community. They sell out a decent amount. Like they oh, yeah, they sure. went after Johnny Gaudreau. Like that is a team that tries and They're doing stuff. It's hard to attract talent there. Like Jeff Carter heard he was going to Columbus, Ohio, and he pouted and barricaded himself into Sea Isle, New Jersey for three days. You know, like guys don't want to go to Columbus. It's a really hard draw, but that's not because of any of the efforts of the Blue Jackets ownership. Like they've tried a few different methods. Like the Blue Jackets actually are like a decent organization in just like one of the shittiest cities in the NHL. I'm sure from all I've heard, Columbus can be pretty fun. Right. But like, yeah, it's not a draw. It's probably the least attractive name as far as like cities to go to in the NHL. Winnipeg is probably the absolute least, but at least with Winnipeg, you have one of the most dedicated fan bases in the league. And it's a historic franchise. Well, kind of the coyotes or the jets. And, (laughs) but the thing is Winnipeg is also Canadian, right? So you're always going to have that draw. There's always going to be people packing the building because it is a Canadian franchise. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right about that. I don't know. I feel like Bedard would be such a waste on the Coyotes. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see him on Chicago because Chicago had their fucking time in the sun. I'm, I I don't, I don't care about Columbus. I'd be fine with him going to Columbus, play with Johnny G. It'd be fun. Fuck that. (laughs) I, yeah, I, I don't care. Uh, I'd love to see him on the ducks. Ducks would be great. I'd love to see him here. Flyers need it. We've made the argument before. The Flyers need it, and the NHL needs the Flyers. The NHL is a more fun place with the Philadelphia Flyers as one of the better teams in the league. We we want them back, okay? Let's get them back. Uh, the Sharks would be fine, kind of bland right there. I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. wouldn't love it. And then, I don't know. Montreal, I don't want to necessarily see either. No, I'm, I don't give a shit about Montreal. But like, so I have a weird thing. Montreal where like, is I one of those like, big NHL franchises. You know, it's like one of the OGs right there. I feel like Montreal. If you're playing for Montreal, I feel like you have to be French. In my mind, that is a rule. So, like by by my standards, he should not be on the Canadians because he's he doesn't speak French. Because he doesn't speak French. I think that's only for the coaches. I know, but I feel like it should be for the players too. Well, then because of that dumb rule for the coaches, they're going to be very limited, and it is a dumb rule. Yeah, it is horrible. It's a really dumb. Rule. <laughs> oh man! Well, where the Flyers are right now, they're they're a little bit out of the window. I want them in, but they could still tank down, get down to the level of the other teams. So Montreal did Montreal play recently? They played tonight. No, there's only two games tonight. Penguins, Avs, and Coyotes, Oilers is going to start in a little bit. Yeah. Well, it, it, so I guess we could... Well, we're running over anyway. I got to get going. I'm very tired. I was going to ask who you want to draft if we can't get Bedard, but we have lots of time to talk about that. Many weeks ahead before the draft hits, but almost there uh, real losing. quick i'll just i'll just throw no out no no I, I, we i we can get into whole thing <laughs> okay all right yeah no i'd rather save that whole discussion for another week as we we learn more about these wonderful prospects in the weeks ahead 
Final note of the night, I just wanted to say uh, thanks to our, our dear friend, Ivan Provorov, the Pride yeah. jersey has just, the issue has spiraled out of control in the NHL and continues to be an issue to this day. And it just has gotten worse and worse. And this all started by Provorov's refusal to participate in warmups that night. And tonight, Chicago Blackhawks, I've already mentioned tonight, uh, did not end up wearing their jerseys uh, because the excuse tonight was a number of their Russian players feared political reprisals, which is one of those excuses where on the surface you want to go, oh yeah, yeah, of course, nobody wants that. But there's other Russian players who have worn the jerseys and nothing's happened. So it seemed a little bullshitty to me. And I'm at the point where I just want the teams to wear it. And the guys who want to just out themselves as not being supportive of the LGBTQ plus community can just sit out and put a big neon sign on themselves saying, I do not support this community. And it's, you know, the, the real shame is like, I, I love the point that Brian Burke came out and, had where he was saying these guys don't get it this is about welcoming people to hockey saying you are welcome in this game this is a game that welcomes everybody you have a place here and it's very frustrating for me i'm sure it's way more frustrating for burke who is such a a proud ally especially given you know his son and everything and it it sucks that not only is this becoming a more widespread issue it also started with one of these guys that we used to really like really love as a flyer like one of those guys who said like Ivan Provorov plays Philadelphia Flyers hockey and man like I it sucks to even be associated with that yeah it's just you know you see and I gotta say the Flyers did better with this whole situation than the Rangers or Wild or Blackhawks have yeah Um, I think the teams actually have players went out yeah, well, yeah, the players went out, and at this point, like, I, I'm at the point where I want them to go out, and whoever supports can go support, and if yeah. guys want to be big babies and not wear rainbow sweaters, then they can be big babies. And luckily, at this point, most players support it. Like, it's a shame that not all of them do, um, but most players do support it, and that is much, I mean... Even 10 years ago, I think it would have been a much different situation. I agree. So. I think it would have been a very different situation. And, and that's a positive thing is like there's there's growth happening in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's you know, it's also a shame that there's a lot of good people in these organizations that are putting a lot of hard work into these these nights and they're being marred by, you know, these, well, it, you know, Chicago tried to use the excuse of the political reprisals james reimer came out for the sharks the other day and just flat out said my religious beliefs don't support this and he didn't even have the russian orthodox church to fall back on and i you know listen if that's your view that's your view and if you want to sit in the corner and say that that okay so be it but i think it's better if the guys that want to support it can support it and the guys that don't all right fine you're gonna draw your line in the sand you make it real obvious. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys are, are showing, you know, who they truly are now. And I guess the positive thing is the Flyers have some guys who 
are showing who they truly are in a very positive way in JVR and Scott Lawton and uh, some of the other players. So like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. JVR and Lawton, man, can, cannot be said enough just how great their efforts have been uh, with everything in this regard. And I, this is going to be one of those issues that we're going to be talking about into the summer. Like people might be listening saying like, Oh, I'm so sick and tired of talking about this, but this is becoming a bigger issue. It needs to be talked about. And it's going to be a huge issue between this season and next season. You know, the NHL is going to have to have a lot of conversations about this because this is a black eye for the league. Every time this happens. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's becoming the headline. Um, and if there's one thing the NHL doesn't want, it's to get this negative press. They want to be, I mean, they, they talk all the time. We got to grow the game. We got to grow the game. And when this is the headline, instead of the great games being played, um, that's kind of doing the exact opposite. It's having the total opposite effect. So, um, hopefully, you know, things start swinging the right way. I don't know. I, I don't know what more to say for me personally, but, um, you just got to hope that, you know, more players kind of jump on board and, and aren't, aren't, aren't afraid to just let that community know that they're seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, hockey as we've said many times, hockey should be for everyone. Let's make hockey for everyone. It's going to be a big discussion all summer long for the league. And I, I don't know what their solution is going to be, but I am intrigued to f- hear it when it does come out. All right, folks, I am completely out of steam. That's it. I got to get going. I got to get editing. Got to get this episode out to the people. But if you have any feedback for us, the best place to find us is on twitter.com.org.edu.musk. Unfortunately, that's still best place to reach us and it is turning into more of a shit show every day but we're still there quigs where can people find you on the twitters and anything to plug at ryan quigs with a z thanks nothing to plug at this time huzzah oh wow you can find me at fly Burbly or at estee bomb if it's for hockey purposes make it fly Burbly. follow us on tiktok instagram those are it. That's the other two right there. You can also follow Broad Street Hockey on TikTok and Instagram and all that fun stuff. BSH Radio, blah, blah, blah. All right, we're going. That's it. Folks, thank you so much. Oh, by the way, if you're going to the Flyers Carnival this weekend, we will be there. Holy crap. So be on the lookout. I think I'm going to have some stickers. I ordered some more for the tailgate coming up in a couple weeks. They probably won't be here for the event this weekend, but I should have some left in my inventory. So stop by for a flight sticker. And if you go to the tailgate over on, I believe it's, is it April 9th, April 6th? One of those dates. (laughs) It's the Phillies and the Reds. I know that much at the tailgate. I will not only have stickers that's on the 9th, April 9th, Sunday. I will also have fly purpley magnets. Oh, wow. Just got those made, never had one made before, so excited to see how those turn out. So I'll have a few fly purpley magnets, and I will have stickers for people. Uh, There is a Phillies game and a Flyers game that day, so if you come out, hang out with us. little fun in the hopeful sun. Fingers crossed on that front. Alrighty. We will see you at one of these events. We love you all. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 w
That was Tetris. It's 2023, and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.